Hello, 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 my friend. Welcome back to spend some time with the crippled cupboard warrior. I am back in my cupboard. The last episode was uh, an OOO episode, which I'm not sure if I've told anyone. Stands for kind of. It's got a dual meaning. Out of office. Out, oh, 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 out of office. And also when you have like XOXO, I'm a huge cuddler. Uh, and so it stands for cuddles. So it's three hugs. Three hugs and out of office. So it's episode that I've recorded elsewhere. Uh, you can expect much worse quality than when I'm sat at my cupboard. I'm still experimenting with the quality of these recordings, actually. And I'm only just very recently, once I returned back from holiday to Ibiza, I started to explore the actual features of GarageBand. Very briefly. So this is the time. It feels like I'm... Okay, so I'm recovering from my knee reconstruction operation where my ACL had ruptured and uh, I'd torn my medial meniscus and also unexpectedly my lateral meniscus was fucked. So they removed some of that. And this is my fourth day of recovery. I feel like I don't particularly need painkillers anymore. They did tell me to keep up with paracetamol and ibuprofen for a couple of weeks, even if I wasn't in no particular amount of pain. Um, and I'm just very surprised with the level of swelling. They said that the swelling could increase for the next two weeks. I've been very good uh, and chilling out, recovering well. I've been super fortunate to have friends around to help me with daily tasks and stuff. And right now I'm coming to a point of culmination with my laundry. So my laundry basket's full it's all the way upstairs at the top and my washing machine's in the basement and whilst I'm on crutches and I can't I shan't put weight on my right leg it's proving difficult to get my laundry from up there to all the way down to the basement so let's see what's going to happen with that I think I'll have a friend visiting tonight which is going to be lovely um I might just ask her to help me out she said, I said, are you coming over to visit tonight? And she said, uh, yeah, planning on uh, having a takeaway with me. So good food. I was going mental insane before this operation in terms of social interactions. Very, very enjoyable, but very OTT, very over the top. Um... I think I ate out probably 12 times in the last 14 days, at least, which is a bit excessive. But you know what? I love food. I love eating out. And it's a good way to connect with friends, a good reason to meet up with friends. And especially when I knew to expect this time of um, hibernation, pretty much, it was a good time to take advantage of, of the time that I had whilst I still could move my feet. I was uh, really, really focusing on moving my legs and remembering what it feels like to move my legs to the best of my ability. And do you know what? It's just, it's heaven. But right now I have full appreciation of life and movement and I have an eternal amount of gratitude towards how well I'm able to move. They said before the operation that the better my condition is going into the operation, the better the outcome would be, should be, ought to be. And 
it never really truly clicked as to exactly why or how. Obviously, you can trust the process, you know, you trust the professionals to know what they're talking about and stuff. But now that I'm in this state where I'm on crutches and I've been doing plenty of handstands, obviously the, the initial injury happened in January. So this is seven months ago. I've been doing a lot of upper body work. I've been doing a lot of pistol squats, leg conditioning, especially on the sort of strength side, some dip squats. So one foot being bent behind you when you squat down with one leg and the back leg, the knee tries to touch the ground. My goodness. And also balancing on one leg. They're the best things I could have ever done because now I'm finding it so much easier to move around. Changing clothes, you know, I can just squat down on one leg, my left leg, to the ground, change my clothes and move on. Uh, I, I can't even, oh, it's just made me think if I wasn't, or people, most people aren't in a great condition coming out of a, a surgery and it must be tough as fuck, is all I can say. I wonder, you must be able to hear my computer, it's, it's, it's really loud. <sighs> I need to take this, well, obviously I can't really move now, but I need to take it into an Apple shop because... This is my newest MacBook and it's far louder than the other one that's over 10 years old, probably. Um, but yeah, let's not go into that. What else? What else is new? Uh, went to Ibiza and I thought I'd literally have one thing in my bucket list and I wanted to box it off before my operation. And that was to watch the sun set into the sea, which you only can really do well, probably most of the time if you're on the West Coast. And so I travelled to the West Coast in Ibiza and found a spot to myself to watch the sun set into the sea. That was so peaceful, blissful, beautiful, utterly warm and thought-provoking. It's just uh, any any opportunity I can have to experience how small the human really is in this vast universe I will take it it's so powerful and the sun just the the rotation of the earth how it makes the sun set into the sea at such a speed what seems like at such a speed but obviously the last bit of sun you see is not really the sun itself anymore it's the reflection that the sky creates fucking hell I'm in a poetic mood today not not poetic but um it's been a while since I've... Do you know, there is something magical about this cupboard because it's soundproofed and it really is a place where I can come to spend some time alone with my thoughts and then these thoughts I share with you guys because I don't really sit here unless I'm recording a podcast. So maybe this is the deepest... deepest of me that you're getting in a way there are some there are always you know, uh, I, I will always strive to be very truthful open honest stand true to my values and I want to let you in because I can't begin to tell you how much my human interactions have deepened and improved since starting this podcast I feel like anyone whether it be a friend or just a random person who's listened to this it's made conversations so much better because once I feel like the more open I am as a person 
the more receptive I can become and also people can maybe identify some of the thoughts within themselves and it's just beautiful to sometimes start a conversation that doesn't start with small talk that goes straight into the more interesting topics for me but also I do acknowledge that lots of people struggle to you know open up and that also is beautiful and then in those interactions I'm quite often a question asker I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable well sometimes I do but um most of the time not really fucking how I'm feeling peaceful and harmonious I'm uh, yeah yeah what should we do let's let's chat shit as it comes up now we're gonna go into this is actually the first time I'm recording this podcast with uh, my podcasting microphone which I've had for at least two years three years and I've just not been comfortable sort of using it and I haven't found the right setting and now I just thought fuck it let's try it because that means that so far I've been using my phone as the recording device because it automatically connects to my computer which is fabulous and for some reason today I thought I want to use my phone as my note device and let's try the microphone and see what it's like any feedback is welcomed I would always love to hear you know oh this this episode was a bit crappy in terms of the sound uh, constructive criticism, feedback, always welcome. Send it and your questions if you have any to hello at Mm-hmm. Do we have questions? Questions, questions. It's time for questions. Question. You're normally, this is this is very, a very, um, uh, yeah, um, but question for the moment. <laughs> My brain's gone blank. You're normally really active. Do you think you'll be able to stop when you're recovering from your operation? Uh, I think this is actually, this is a very relevant question. Relevant was the word I was looking for. This is a relevant question because uh, I've had a lot of people try to give me friendly advice and, and whatnot leading up to the operation. And when I was being super active beforehand, they're just the amount of people. My God, oh, are you sure you should be doing so much? Oh, you need to calm down a little bit. Oh, you need to do less. Dear people, I know you've got your best interests at heart. However, I've used my body as my vehicle and as my mode of work or whatever. I use my body for my work. My body is my work in a way. I've been self-employed, so my body's been my focus for the for the last 13 years or so. I don't, I don't even know how many. 13? 12. 12 years? 12 years. Um, so you'll have to trust me that I know my body best. And when my knee kept re-injuring, re-injuring, before it got operated on, it was nearly always, apart from the very beginning, from... Um, really accidental stuff like stepping off a stool like being on my bike out in town and just putting my foot down as I stepped down off the bike so it was just sort of the times when I wasn't a hundred percent paying attention to what I was doing and sports were the most safe and the most rewarding things I could have done in those times when I was just waiting for my operation to happen Climbing, inline skating, gymnastics, 
anything at all. The exercise itself was very safe. Whenever I had my muscle muscles contracted, that's when I strengthened everything around the joints and it was blissful. And on top of that, how happy movement makes me. There's just not a question in my mind that exercising was the best thing I could have possibly done to myself, especially looking back at it now when my body is fairly strong and it's really, really, really helping me with, with recovery. Um, also, now, now that I've so-called stopped, as in I'm... Let me just say that I prepared myself mentally for this moment for quite a while and I am what did I think today I'm a ah I had a thought I thought what's the word I'm a very vulnerable not vulnerable sensitive my mom's always told me I'm a very sensitive person and it's opening up to me because I, I went through a phase where I'm like rebellious and so I'm, I'm not sensitive I'm tough but I'm actually very sensitive but I'm also very resilient and I'm very willing to be open and vulnerable. And I think, I think I'm coming to understand that these are my real strengths. And say at the hospital when I was in a lot of pain after the operation, I was partly crying and partly just tears were running out of my eyes because they were asking me to rate my pain. And it was, it was pretty consistently at eight out of 10 I said after the operation apart from that short moment when I when they injected me full of fentanyl that was sort of five out of ten so still bad just made me woozy and the only thing that helped to, helped for my pain was tramadol but it doesn't do anything anymore so I kind of I'm just thinking I'll not take it anymore um what was I saying yes so in terms of recovery my mind is fully at peace with being in the house, chilling out, shifting my focus from socializing as much as I can and doing as much as I can to just doing very little and focusing more on just peace and stillness. And because I, I've always been that kind of a person that whatever I put my mind into, that's, what, that's what's going to be good. And so I'm feeling very, very, very good now about, about sitting in the house on my own. Really, really watching the kids when they're here. They're going to come back in about half an hour uh, from their dads. Just spending time with them and observing my thoughts, my feelings. And so... I wouldn't say I'm, what did I say, did I say something like, how are you going to cope, or do you think you'll be able to stop? Okay, I, I am able to stop, and it, it was made particularly easy because I could predict, I could anticipate this situation where I sort of have to stop. If I don't stop, it's not going to be good for me, and I very much want to do what's good for me because I am the priority in my life, and I need to look after myself in order to help anyone else or in order to make anyone else happy so yes I think I'm able to stop but again say um my form of stopping it doesn't mean that I stop doing anything and everything 
I still do, I hang from a gymnastics rack every morning. I do stretches, I do plenty of rehab. Um, but rehab at the moment is, is sitting still. It's contracting my quads, it's trying to make my legs straight. It's uh, trying to not necessarily even increase the bend in my knee, but just to put my foot down and work on the muscles whilst my foot is on the ground. And that is the best thing, the best things. Those are the best things I could be doing right now. So there's nothing to stress about. That's me doing a lot at the moment. And I finally found a bit of peaceful time to not feel rushed. And what I actually have found, I had a chat with my counsellor today, is that my mind has actually gone more quiet. And... That feels that feels unbelievable. He was he was reminding me, just saying, you know, I can only just watch things at one point five speed if it's a TV show. I listen to podcasts at one point five to three times speed. No, sorry, audiobooks tend to go to three times speed if it's slow. And I I think I, I'll still listen to podcasts at that speed and I'll still increase the pace uh, when I'm listening to audiobooks. However, I'm able to watch a TV show called Vikings um, at normal speed, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying not being rushed. I'm enjoying not really having a particular um, schedule, and I'm trying to take all my more like work in the mornings for now. So I've had about six, seven clients so far since my operation. I did take the operation day and the next day fully off. Uh, but since then, I've tried to get my work boxed off in the morning. I had one in the evening as well, but it's just nice. And my, my client was laughing at me because it was online. Uh, I did an online PT session with someone in Finland. And I was just on the couch, icing my knee, elevating it. And he's like, oh, isn't this good that you're a fitness professional? And there you are, sitting on your ass on the couch and just tell me what's it down. Oh, yeah, that's kind of how it works. It's It's pretty dreamy. It's pretty good. And... Yeah, still staying active in terms of um, keeping my body strong. And being on the crutches is just really enjoyable. I, I love becoming more in control of movement and of my balance whilst being on my crutches. It's really good. Also, uh, we have a book club now. I think it's the third book that we're reading. The last one was To Kill a Mockingbird. And oh, I thought that was pretty shit. It's a classic and um, I wouldn't say it's a bad book. I think it can be a really, really good book for for more many people. For me, it just had a lot of sort of like racial things. And I've, I've been brought up to be, to never judge a person based on their appearance and stuff. And obviously we live in the modern world. And for me, you know, I used to live on the most uh, culturally diverse streets in England and I just also have had really good conversations about this because I kind of some people I think take offense if I say or, or if people say that they don't see color and because I, I would kind of I feel like that's how I treat people it's I, I judge them based on their actions and how they are how they behave how they treat others not based on their the skin of their the color of their skin but then to them, there's obviously there can be like racial trauma and whatever. And I appreciate that 
that's that's not what I mean. I'm not I'm not discounting that at all when I see I don't see colour. I just say I see people as people. Same as, you know, children. Children should be treated like people. Obviously they need to be looked after more. Obviously they need to be taught. But the only way they can be really I always used to be super frustrated when my when adults were treating me like a child when I felt like I could understand a lot more than what they were telling me that was really frustrating for me but uh, yeah To Kill a Mockingbird um, if you've read it tell me what you thought of it I'd love to hear your your feedback your opinions uh, for me it was just a bit it was quite hard to follow the sort of old old American English and it was dragging it out a little bit I think I started reading I've read about half the book uh, with my eyes and the last half I listened to as an audiobook because I just um I was gonna run out of time otherwise and, and having done so I was so so happy I did because I think I would have been very frustrated with the book if I had read it because I'm such a slow reader that that it would have taken a long long time to finish it uh, listening to the audio version was, was a lot better this this month our book is is it David Eckler's or something like that but the book is called The Circle I think uh, I also I got that as an audiobook I used to feel like that's definitely cheating but when I have time and when I'm you know I, I want to really really want to get more into actual reading but when it's I don't know right now I feel like if it's a really good book I will happily take it up again and read it and also the kind of environmental factor of if I can't just take it and recycle it or borrow it from the library it kind of feels like a bit of a waste I don't want to just accumulate physical books and I struggle to just e-readers are a bit it's not the same for me I want to either touch the pages or just listen to the whole thing that's kind of that's that's the way I like to do it but let's see if I had another question. Yes, there was another question. Okay, this I've actually kind of been looking forward to this. It has been a question that was asked uh, ages ago. Uh, but the question is, um, what jobs have you had? Basically, here comes my CV. Uh, oh, oh, Siri's listening. Shush, 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 shush. Uh, with the computer, Siri's going. Can you please stop? How can I stop Siri? Uh, I didn't catch that. There Could we... you try again? Oh, no, I can't. I want you to shut up. Um, okay, sorry about that. Um, there we go. Erika knows how to use computers. Um, okay, jobs. This is really good because I kind of thought that mm, I haven't had many jobs. Here goes. I'm a person trainer. Uh, I've run boot camps, classes, online challenges, master classes, uh, one-to-one, normally one-to-two sessions. So buddy PT, partner PT, a one-to-one sessions is what I do nowadays. Uh, I will do more online stuff as and when time permits. And I actually have a little assistant now to help me out, which is great. But slowly and surely, we're just going to box off things that need sorting out first. But I'd love to help more people out. So, so stay tuned. I was a climbing instructor for a few years, which I loved. Uh, I probably my one of my first jobs was delivering newspapers to the local um, local environment in Finland where I used to grow up. That was quite tedious, but it just taught me. You know, it was it was great to just just build up the packs and then take them out, and then having some old angry grannies saying, "I don't want any new free newspapers." And no, I'm sorry, being told to 
deliver it to everyone. Anyway, I was probably 15, 14. At the time, I did it with my, my upstairs neighbour, which was a great experience, as in, you know, manual graft. Very important. I think everyone should do a bit of manual graft, to be honest. I've worked as a... I've worked in Hesburger, which is sort of the Finnish McDonald's. Absolutely loved it. Worked it for a good few years, probably three and a half, four years. I don't know. I uh, got promoted to a staff trainer, and I was very... That was the job where I gained a lot of self-confidence, and I just... I really found that I can be super efficient, uh, reliable, and I loved... I loved making burgers. I loved interacting with people. I loved that kind of short connection. Um, I I really feel like I, I strived in that job. And I would have loved to have done it if it just wasn't so... If it had more challenges in it, uh, it's something that I would have just continued doing for the rest of my life, to be honest. It was just... It was great. And the working atmosphere, some of the, like, connections, you know, when you really work together with somebody, it was invaluable, unbelievable. Uh, I've, I've been a construction... At working a worker at a construction site I was hired to be a painter uh, I painted some really silly things in the ceiling uh, I don't even really know what they were but they were red and I had to paint them gray but then they still put a roof over it, it was like in a in a future shopping mall shopping center uh, that was that was fun I got a pretty good pay I um, had a crush on one of the boys in there and then we became a couple and I made the mistake of being a bit of a mama to him and paid for his flights to come to England when I moved back here. Um, that was silly of me. Never looking after a man like that anymore. No, 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 no. He was a loser, unfortunately. Very much so. And I have an aversion to losers these day, days. Sorry, losers. Uh, oh, oh, no, I'm being harsh. But he was sort of like, probably had a drinking problem at the age of 18 and he was just a rascal he was like a chav basically ah oh, little erica didn't know any better but he was really cool and full of tattoos oh my god erica man what a silly pie i've been um i've been i've worked in a nightclub as a bartender and i ran an outdoor sort of beer garden it was unbelievable i absolutely loved it love being sober when other people are drunk loved serving them loved getting tips from people loved just all of it the pace uh it was amazing i wouldn't anymore like to work in the night time um but apart from that an amazing job i got that job based on a handshake so i was recommended to the boss and i went for a job interview uh i walked in and i was like hi my name is erica shook his hand and he's like sit down please do you like something to eat or some coffee or something is that you got the job based on your handshake i'm like fucking hell that was easy <laughs> that was good um i worked as a translator for i don't know two three years um this was this went into lockdown these are kind of these are not in a chronological order by the way these are in the order that came to my mind as i was writing the list uh, translator yeah so i was translating mostly uh online gaming content and articles about poker and roulette and black blackjack and slots and shit like that that was 
and I was writing articles, yeah, uh, translating articles. It was really, really good. I, I really enjoyed translating, actually, and I sort of came to realise how poorly, say, the Finnish Netflix has been translated. I was like, oh, should I get in touch with Netflix? And just to say, like, I could do this job a lot better. <laughs> it pays to have multiple languages in your repertoire. Uh, anyway, I've been an SEO writer. That was before becoming a translator, I think. Um, translating is regarded in a higher regard. It was a bit easier to get my foot in the door becoming an SEO writer. That was basically just to get a bit of money in my Euro account because um, I was working for European companies and it was a, rem a remote job before remote working became a big thing, I suppose. And it was just really cool to get a few pennies. Um, got like, you know, from, yeah, just some extra cash. That was really cool. At the time when I, you know, I had a bit of spare time. Um, yeah, good. Uh, okay, as a child, I was selling my mom's cinnamon buns in a flea market. Um, so she used to just go every Saturday or so. That's my memory anyway. I could be wrong. And she just bagged up cinnamon buns and they were quite f like f famous. Not famous, but in the very sort of local area. People used to come in and buy them. And I used to bag them up and sell them. That was fun. The, the flat always smelled of cinnamon buns once a week, so that was cool. Uh, I also sold donuts and ice cream. And this, this I'd sort of forgotten about. Um, this must have been when I was young, like 9, 10, 11, probably. And I was just helping out my mum's friend who ended up, when I was probably 15 or 16, inviting me to go over to Turkey with her and her, her uh, sister because she didn't really speak English much at all and she was getting her teeth done. And so she wanted me there as a translator, which is great because I wasn't that confident with my English back then. Um, but I went and helped her out and that was really fun. And I had to actually start learning negotiating in English because like the, the dentist was just a bit, I don't know, dodgy, but like, mmm, that was, that was good. That was a good thing. Yeah, and tons of ice cream. Just learning to make those scoops, scoops of ice cream. It was amazing. Really, really good. Um, I nearly, yeah, I nearly worked in TV. So I aspired to be an actress at some point and I'm I'm really happy I didn't pursue that career actually because it's a it's a, a very narcissistic uh, endeavor and very competitive and I just I'm not that competitive to be honest uh, I think I would have just trusted for my talent to take me everywhere but um, I, I got invited to some auditions and and I very nearly got a role in a miniseries in Finland um, and that fell through because I I was going to do that little sister's role, but then I apparently looked too old for it. But then I looked too young for the main, the lead role. I don't know something. But they were they were just saying they really want to work with me, but I, you know just wasn't wasn't the right fit in the end. And then also I got um, invited to audition for a summer sort of teenagers program uh, as a host, and that that was a funny thing because it's like. I kind of have connect. I'm actually oh my god the girl who used to be the host there was a girl and a boy or early woman early man I don't know what <laughs> female presumed male presumed um she was she was a band member of someone who I'm sort of friends with now who's on my, some of my online fitness challenges and we're sort of online friends and yes, they used to play in a band together. And then also a third member of that band used to be my good friend's ex-girlfriend. Um, and yeah, 
Uh, it's just funny. Finland is such a small country. Everyone knows each other in one way or another. At least they're connected to people around them, you know. Uh, in Okay, in England, uh, I worked in offices for a couple of years. I worked as a data analyst and then in quality control after I got promoted after that nine months. That was cool. I was all right. It was just... Uh, it was... A, it was a, uh, boring is not the right word, but it was just not the kind of challenge that I wanted in my life. So I resigned and started work as, uh, working as an account manager for Cisco. Sort of uh, worked with lots of IT people and uh, all the Scandinavian countries had to, you know, yeah, just work with Danish and Finnish companies, IT companies and stuff. That was that was all right and i think if i they were saying you know it's it's a promising career if i'd wanted to stick with it i could have got a you know been promoted or started working for the the partner companies who pay really well and stuff like that but i just didn't really have my heart in it um made some good connections but that was it that was a great experience and that was definitely the thing that really taught me that i do not want to work in nine to five it doesn't suit me it's not what i want to do and that was a very valuable lesson. Here I am, self-employed, many, many years later. Uh, also, yes, I did a... I started uni in Finland to do sort of, what's it called, social... Um, I don't know, like social services kind of thing, uni course. I did a placement for six weeks, I think, as a youth worker in a sort of youth centre. Uh, of social work or whatever and I was for example like arranging for them to have sexual health training uh, or workshops and stuff like that made the posters and that was that was really fun uh, that for me again was I think I felt like it wasn't academic enough but it was really fun to work with young people and I just yeah vibed with that thing but then I came to uni in England because I just felt like I really want to have an education where like I just want to feel like I'm and you know an academic and I love research and I love real real research data instead of just sort of anecdotal evidence for things which I feel like those those people's are sort of on about I don't know uh okay um that's that's that section uh I was I wrote down that I wanted to give you some life hacks so let's see what I can find I don't know what to call them. Is it, yeah, yeah, I, I wrote down toolkit. Uh, so it's this kind of life life toolkit. Some little tips for you to take away. Um, things that I find sometimes I take for granted, but then when I realize other people don't use these, then these tools for life, I'm like, what's going on? Uh, okay, so in your phone, you've got your own details. So when, you, when you've got your name and your phone number and stuff, also save your NHS number, also social security number, whatever. Uh, I've saved my national insurance number in there, my all my old addresses. Um, and you've got like a note section in your contact, your own contact. You know the stuff that when people ask, or you, you know, previous addresses or just important information about yourself and you just go, fuck, where do I, where do I find that? Um, write them all in there and say national insurance number is quite... Uh, useful sometimes you know I've, I've written down my bank card numbers and stuff like that just in case I get stuck without anything but my phone so you can always dig up that information then um yeah that could help how about oh okay loop earbud earplugs 
brand doesn't matter, but basically earplugs are a lifesaver. Uh, first of all, if you want to protect your hearing, but say when I was in Ibiza and I was seeing my favorite, favorite DJ in the whole wide world called Fisher. Oh my God, it's amazing. It just does like bangers from the 90s and stuff or tw 2000s and just mixes them in an unreal way that just makes you move, makes me move. I don't know about you, just makes me move like a motherfucker. Um, I spend the entire night wearing my loops. So basically just no noise is ever too loud and then you can just really vibe. Um, people can shout in your ear and you still, you hear them much clearer. Um, so also for anyone that's a bit neurodivergent or, you know, sensitive to sounds, which I often am, um, I like to just put them in to get a bit of peace and quiet. There's there's a version that you can literally put in your ear and you can still hear your surroundings, just a muffled up version. And one of them's got like a mesh. So I think it, it's sort of, I think this is what my friend told me. So I'm kind of just believing her. So you can kind of have, have a really good conversation, but it blocks out a lot of the external noises. So really, really good. Loop earring, uh, earrings, yeah, no, earplugs. I bought mine, I've got two pairs from Amazon. Oh, my knee's really starting to hurt. Uh, so highly recommend, go for it. Um, uh, when you're boiling pasta, you could just fill the pan up with hot water instead of boiling, boiling the kettle. Boiling the kettle takes up a lot of energy and costs a lot more. So if you just make the tap as hot as possible, then rinse the pan out with the hot water so the pan gets warm and then fill it up with hot water. It'll start boiling a lot sooner. And then obviously add so much salt into the pasta, pasta, pasta water that um, it's like, it's like, it's like seawater. And then the pasta will be flavored unbelievable and also a pasta tip make sure to leave it al dente please don't overcook it don't make it soggy pasta is one of the best things in the world so let's make pasta well next one oh yes okay some programs i especially when you watch something like i think itv or something in england uh if you watch it live you get absolute tons of adverts all the time and what I found is that if you just watch it on catch up the next day, you can half the amount of adverts you get at least. So you actually, I think the live version of a show took like an hour and a half. And when I watched it uh, the day after, and I also actually pumped, bumped up the bump, bumped up, pumped up, bump, bump, pump the jam, pump it up, pumped it up. Um, basically sped up the program a little bit. It took me like 45 minutes. So I saved half the time skipping the ads and not watching it live catch up tv is a dream also when you when you choose you know when you watch as a uh, on catch up you just get to choose what you watch don't just mindlessly watch telly that's a waste of life you could be doing other things that are much more beneficial to your well-being anyway uh, amazon fresh apparently lots of people haven't heard about this if you're in the uk uh, i don't know where else but um you can use amazon fresh instead of supermarket delivery slots if you pay for prime like i do it's just been raised up to 8.99 a month which is not the end of the world really you get you get free shipping if you spend a certain amount so it's it's basically supermarket priced foods much cheaper than deliveroo and much faster than any supermarket chains would deliver so you get like a two-hour window two hours from now so if i order before 12 i can have a slot two till four so I find it super useful. I just, I don't want to wait for my grocery shopping. 
So if I need something like that, I'll probably eat today or tomorrow, I'll probably do a shop in Amazon Fresh just to get some fresh shit in. Uh, phone. Put your phone on Do Not Disturb. Please. Now. Nobody needs to hear your messages unless you're waiting for something in specific, but it's such a life disruptor. Don't let other people dictate what you do with your time. Pick up your phone, pick up your messages when you've got the time for it. Even better, just just disable not notifications so you don't get a loud screen full of like, oh, 300 messages here. Um, do not disturb lets through phone calls and they can pick them up because it could be more urgent. But messages, don't respond until you're ready. This is what I get sometimes told off for. Well, not anymore, to be honest, because my friends know that I don't live on my phone and do not disturb is on all the time. So, yeah, get back to your messages when you're ready. And also, I, I don't know if it's the same on Android, but the Apple uh, iPhone is just fantastic because when you're on Do Not Disturb, there's no pings, there's no, you can't see when people are messaging you and it's just so headspace saving. It's unbelievable. You can do other stuff on your phone and just not be distracted. Invaluable, invaluable. Recipes, oh, 10 vegetables. I'll save that for another time. Um, travel hack get lounge access uh, lounge access is so so valuable so you pay like I don't know I've paid 35 euros in Ibiza and basically that includes free alcohol free meals hot and cold meals uh, really comfortable seating sort of more private toilets uh, sometimes even a shower um, it's just free coffees everything so I just think whenever you're at the airport if you have a meal there, you're already going to spend that amount of money easily and then you're going to be amongst all the loud, you know, not loud people, but the loud environment. And a lounge is just so worth the money every time. Oh my God, it's, I'm just in love with lounge lounges. And if I've got any more than two hours at an airport, I'm absolutely going into the lounge dreamy. And especially sometimes you just... You know, like last time in Ibiza, I was I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm going to take advantage of it. Because I was kind of, I was not going to drink on my holiday, but then I realized that drinking's cheaper than drinking water, which is fucking ridiculous. And then especially when I was in the lounge, I was coming home and I was sleep deprived. And I was like, I just want to sleep. I was just like, had, you know, big, you know, some, like two big glasses of wine. I had some Prosecco and I, then there was a Greek lady who poured me like Greek drink. Because it's all, you just freely pour it. I know this is a bit of a cheapskate thing to say, but it's like, there's no, you know, everyone's, it's like a civilized way of drinking and drinking more than you would if you had the uh, airport normally and you don't need to queue. You just go and pour your own drinks. So worthwhile. Lounge access everywhere. Um, I also slept in the lounge in Ibiza for two hours just because the seat was so big and comfortable and I was tired. Uh, also, my personal biggest life hack for seat selection on the plane I always choose the last seat on the plane next to toilets by the window get a beautiful view get nobody behind you looking over your shoulder what you're doing toilets near you do get the most turbulence but I, I love turbulence so this is my life hack for me and like-minded people um yeah oh okay do we have okay we've got two more like um sort of hacks for the toolkit of life um one is get a toilet stool, get a stool in the toilet. Uh, there's something called, I, guess, I think, squatty potty or something. But I, I don't think you need to get an official one. But basically, I just have a, a raised stool that was initially meant for the kids in the toilet. So when you go and have a number two, a poo-poo, 
put your feet on that stool because it makes your body position so much more natural in terms of letting your stools out effortlessly. So it, it makes anatomical sense to get a squatty potty or a stool for your feet. You want to be make sure that your knees are above your hips when you're having a number two and your body will thank you. Final one, stop putting food in plastic containers. I, I've just heard about this lots and lots. I don't have my, my own research in front of me, but, but there's plenty of options for glass containers um, that I've used for years and they are just amazing. You know, they never stain, they don't stink um, and putting food in them is not going to do any harm to the food. So get glass containers instead of plastic containers. There we go. It is five minutes until my children are going to be at home. I feel like I'm always in a tiny bit of a under pressure when I'm recording these things. But that's... Well, no, actually, this hasn't felt like pressure. This has felt like a release valve. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, I've hardly recorded recently because I've just been... My life's been so hectic. And in the evening, I only record when it's sort of daytime or morning. Evening time is dedicated to just either spending it with friends or chilling out in the dark. That's not my... Although I do get creative, that's not my time to talk. I want to be quiet. So now I've had a chance. I've had a few hours to get things boxed off this afternoon, which is wonderful. Next week, we're going to head off on little holidays again. Um... But I will enter my cupboard. I will fulfill my 21 episode promise as long as I don't die before then. I hope you've enjoyed this. If you have, uh, if you've found anything useful in it, then share it with one friend. My friend, please. That'd be amazing. Uh, also, make sure to subscribe or follow or whatever you do on your on the thing that you're listening to. Uh, we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other things, I believe. It automatically distributes, so I've sort of outsourced that, so I don't need to worry about any any of that stuff. But yes, lovely to have you here. Appreciate you. Uh, come and chat with me on Instagram, if you wish, uh, at erica underscore Helsinki. And I shall catch you on the next episode. Lots of love. Look after yourself. And send someone you care about a nice little message right now. Catch you next time.